about right after the service is a birthday fellowship for all those who had a birthday in January. And so we want to eat some cake with you or drink some coffee or, or some water uh, or whatever uh, there is. I think there's a cookie out there as well. And so we just want to celebrate with you your birthday. And so if you'd like to stick around after the service in the fellowship hall, we'd like for us to do that as well. All right. Don't forget about February the 18th is going to be our Valentine banquet. And uh, we're looking forward to that. It'd be five o'clock on a Saturday uh, evening. And uh, so we have food planned. Brother Gary will be here. Uh, we'll have some other things that we'll be doing. So we're looking forward to that as well. All right. So if you, when you walked into our, to the front there, we got our mission. We're going to call it the mission of vision, vision of mission, right? Missions, no, missions, vision. Missions, vision. And when you look at that, like on this side, you'll see that string coming from a flag to where the missionary's at going to their prayer card. So you know the field. You kind of visualize where they are in the world. Instead of right now, you just got a name if I say Brother Robert Bottom. And so you'll just know that's a missionary down to the jail, you know. We want, to know, we want you to know more than that. And so that's what that's about. We're putting it right in the front because I want everybody who walks into the church to know that we have a mind of missionaries, that missions is our heart. Go into all the world and preach the gospel is our call. And that's what this church is all about. Amen. And so that's our desire for that. All right, if you have your Bibles, turn back to Jonah tonight, and uh, let's, let's, chapter 1 tonight, verse 17, we'll read chapter 2, verse 1 and 2 tonight. We read the whole chapter this morning of chapter 2. Uh, we will get through some of that again tonight, but as we stand to our feet in honor of God's Word, uh, let's begin reading in verse 17, and we'll go to chapter 2, verse 1. He says, now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name here tonight. We thank you already God for all the singing that we're able to sing we thank you for the praying this evening at five we thank you Lord all that was accomplished this day we ask you now Lord tonight that you once again speak to our hearts and move in our lives God I pray Lord that you revive us pray God as you have done that with Jonah God you'll do that with us as well we pray Lord that we would recognize our disobedience our rebellion and stubbornness to thee and God, that we'd come clean tonight. God, we'll make it right with you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight. We preached on this morning, and we like to preach on it as well, just like God likes it. And so we're going to continue with that thought tonight. Uh, now, we did preach. My first, my first point this morning out of Jonah chapter 2 was, Notice Jonah's, Jonah the victim. We found that he was a victim of God's calling. He was a victim of God's chastening. And then we stopped this morning that he's a victim of God's compassion. Now, we're not going to go back through all of that, but we find that David, I mean, that Jonah is speaking uh, out of the belly of the whale, but he's looking back. He's looking back to what happened to him when he was thrown into the sea. We found that the chastening of the Lord was all in Jonah there in that verses 4, 5, six and seven and we went through that this morning but I want you to notice today the victim of God's compassion whenever that fish that great fish Jesus Jesus calls it a well when it came by and swallowed up Jonah that was God's compassion for Jonah and tonight for you and I that get wrong with God and you and I that from time to time get rebellious with the Lord, you can know tonight that God will show compassion during that period of time. Not only will he bring his chastisement. Now, know that Jonah here, he experienced God's love because God chastened him. 
And we ought to be grateful tonight whenever we get wrong with God and crossways with God that God would chasten us or chastise us. We ought to look to God in those periods of time and say, Lord, I know that you love me. I know that I'm yours. I know that I'm your child. You won't let me get away with nothing. I mean, even if I have an evil thought, you bring conviction on my heart. Every time I open my mouth in a sarcasm or a smart remark, God, just like a sword that hits my heart. It don't matter if I have a bad behavior, if I get angry and accidentally act up and show out. Uh, God, you just don't leave me alone. Uh, it seems like every time and all times, uh, it don't matter if I'm at home, at work, at play, at church, you just seem to always correct me. You always seem to always just tell me, you shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have done that. Now go get that right. Go say you're sorry. Get things right with that person. Get that right with that individual. And tonight you and I ought to look to God tonight and say hallelujah, glory to God. I love you because you first loved me tonight. Amen. And we ought not take that for advantage tonight. Because I believe tonight many of folks who call themselves saved tonight and living in sin and God's not saying one word to them. You better be aware tonight. You better be afraid tonight that you're not even knowing God as your Savior tonight. Amen. Thank you. Jonah knew tonight he experienced God's love because he chastened him. He experienced God's grace because God saved him. Amen. And so we are thankful for the salvation of our souls tonight. By grace through faith are you saved tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. It's not of works lest any man should boast tonight. There's nothing we can do. There's nothing we can do tonight to be born again. Only him tonight will birth us into the kingdom of God. We learned this morning in Sunday school in 1 Peter that we're kept by the power of God. Amen. Glory to God. And so we find that Jonah has experienced God, God's love and God's grace. But then we, we see that he experienced God's mercy. And we see that right here in verse 2 of chapter 2 when he says this. He says, and he heard me. Man, when you get wrong with God and you're walking tonight in your flesh and, and boy, you, you acting as if God is not going to know or not God's not going to do anything for you or to you tonight and you begin to pray unto him and he hears you, that's mercy. Amen. Oh, my. Whenever old Jonah, man, he just got coming out of that sea, he just got picked up by that old, that, uh, that whale, uh, Fred, next thing you know, he's praying inside the belly of the well, and he says to us, he says, and he heard me. You better thank God, Jonah, that God would love you such a way, and God would give you such grace tonight, and that God would even hear what you had to say, uh, Jonah, because there's nothing really at all tonight that God will want to hear from us tonight except I repent. I turned from my sin, Lord, I save that. And tonight we find he experienced his mercy because he heard them. I want you to notice number one concerning that tonight. What did God hear? What did God hear Jonah say tonight? Well, God heard that he was right. The Bible says there in that verse 2, chapter 2, and he said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord. And the reason why that he would cry out to God, the reason why he would pray unto God, and the reason why that he would say anything to God, he said it because of mine affliction. And whenever God looked down and saw upon Jonah, and Jonah began to cry upon him, he heard him because he heard that Jonah was saying to God, God, you're right. It was my affliction because of my call that you had toward me. It was my affliction because it was my commission to go to Nineveh, and I didn't. It's my, it's my affliction because you are the one who loved me and you brought the chastening upon my life because I'm the one who didn't obey your word. I, I say to you, God, that I repent in that. I will return in that for it's my affliction. I caused the affliction. I'm the reason for the affliction. It was nobody else's fault. It's no other reason that I can give you. I can't justify telling you that I went there when I was supposed to go there. I can All I can say to you, God, is this, is you're right. Right? 
That's what Jonah is saying. And Fred, when you get wrong with God and you get disobedient with God tonight and you begin to pray to God, the only prayer that God's going to hear from you tonight is that he hears that he's right. Amen. Amen. <laughs> You're right, God. It's my affliction. And God said, I hear that. I like that. I could take that. And then he says up there in this verse 2, he says uh, that he's going to do something else. And I'm sorry, verse uh, there in the verse 2, he said, he cried, I cried, and he heardest my voice. And then he says in verse 4, then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward the holy temple. What? What are you talking about, man? You're in the belly of the well. You just, got, you just got saved by the grace of God and the gift of God and the grip of God out of the sea. He said, yeah. He said, but it was mine affliction and God is right. And because God is right to now, I'm going to go ahead and turn toward the holy temple. Now, why the holy temple tonight, do you think? Well, I tell you why that a man or a woman tonight who's wrong with God and who's walking in the flesh and who's living according to the world and doing as God would not have them to do tonight and they finally come to their sins, they finally come to the end of themselves, they finally realize that God is right. Friend, what they're going to do is they're going to turn toward the temple. They're going to turn toward where God is at. And the reason why they're going to do that is because that's where the sacrifice is at. And they need a sacrifice. Oh, they sinned against God. They need forgiveness, amen. They need pardoning tonight. Uh, they need a cleansing tonight. And so Jonah, as you and I tonight, would look toward the throne room of grace, look toward the place where God has a sacrifice that was accepted uh, by Jesus Christ, amen. That you and I in our disobedience and rebellion will turn right to God and say, God, I come to the holy temple because that's the place of sacrifice. That's where I got power, get pardoned. That's where I get delivery. Oh, that's where I get cleansed with God. That's where me and God come back together. That's where me and God get reconciled again. That's where I get redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. That's where me and God can have a relationship and fellowship again. Oh, the holy temple, he said, I turn toward. Now, is it a place of sacrifice? But it's where the glory of God is at. You say, Fred, whenever you turn to God in your disobedience, the first thing you want to do is give him glory. He said, I'm going to turn to that temple because that's where the praise of God is at. That's where God will be honored and God will be glorified. He'll be worshipped in the temple. Amen. He'll be the one tonight that will be adored. Either the one will fall, fall down and worship him because in the temple is the presence of God. Tonight, anybody coming out, of being disobedient will go right to the temple of God. Say, God, I want to come right here because this is where you get glory. And I just want to let you know, Lord, I want to give you glory. I want to praise you. I want to honor you, Lord. I want to tell you, oh, that God, I want to come in your good grace again. Lord, I want to come under your favor again. Oh, God, I want your blessings again. Oh, God, I want the power of God upon my life by the way of the Holy Ghost of God again. Oh, God, I want you to lead and guide my life. Oh, God, I want you to take over my heart. I made such a mess, but I want you to get glory out of it, Lord. Why did he turn toward the temple? Well, because that's the place of sacrifice. That's the place of glory. And then thirdly, I know tonight, that's the place where God is at. His Shekinah glory was there. His presence, his, his very power was there. His, pretty, his provisions were there. And friend, whenever you get wrong with God and distant with God and cold with God and you get far away from God tonight and when you come back, and you return and repent tonight. Oh, you'll find that I want to go to the holy temple because that's where his presence is at. I just want to be where God's at. You remember the old floods of water down in the sea. You remember the old billows and the waves. You remember down there when, the, when, the, when I was at the bottom of the mountains there and old seedweed was grabbing upon my neck and my head tonight. Oh, where I want to be is not there no more. I want to be toward the temple. And his provisions, his protections. Oh, his presence. To be able to have joy in my heart and praise in my lips tonight. That I may offer the sacrifice unto God of praise that he may get glory. Well, that's where Jonah was tonight. 
Chapter 2, verse 4, he turns his eyes. The Bible says, he said there in verse 4, he said, I will look again toward the holy temple. And look in verse 7, he turns his heart. He said, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And then in verse 7, he turns his soul. Friend, the Bible mentions there, my prayer came unto thee into thy holy temple. Oh, listen, Jonah come to the place tonight where he wasn't looking for Tarshish. He was looking for the temple. He was looking not to run from the presence of God, but to be in the presence of God. He wasn't trying to find a place where God wasn't. He's at the place where God is. Oh, Jonah, he turned to the Lord. It took the chastening of the Lord, though, but it got him there. Can I say here, secondly, why would God hear what Jonah had to say? And we, we just talked about it. it was because he heard that Jonah said that God was right. But then God heard that God was appreciated. Look there in verse 9. He said, but I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. Lord, I want to be thankful for your person. I want to be thankful for who you are. He tells him who he is in chapter 4, verse 2. But he says, I, I want to be thankful for who you are, not what you've done or, or what you're going to do, but just who you are. You're the God of heaven. You're the Lord of lords. You're Jehovah. You're Elohim. You're Jesus, the Son of the living God. Lord, I just want to say thank you for Jesus tonight. I want to thank you for him tonight. Not what he did. Not what he's going to do, but just who he is tonight. Just Jesus tonight. I want to thank you not for his person, but I want to thank you tonight for his uh, presence. You remember Jonah was running from his presence. Now he's in his presence, and he's saying, Lord, I thank you for being in your presence. It sure is a quieter world right here. It sure is a lot more, I would say, calm where I'm at right now. I mean, there's much more peace. Now he's in the belly of the well. But he was in the sea. Boy, in your presence, Lord, in the belly of the well, in the will of God. Man, that's the place to be. Uh, who would say, who would want to be in the belly of the well in here? I don't think anybody would. But I promise you wouldn't want to be in the sea. Oh, he's saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for your person. Oh, but I say to you, Lord, thirdly, thank you for your punishment. Thank you for casting me off in the sea. Thank you, Lord, that you got your floods flipping me over, turning me back and forth, up and down, beside myself, over in this and that. And thank you, Lord, for drawing me all the way down to the bottom. And thank you, Lord, for taking your seaweed and just grabbing me by the neck. Thank you, Lord, that I didn't have a breath for a long time. Thank you, Lord. For what you did to me. Thank you, Lord, for sending the great wind. Thank you, Lord, for sending the great fish. Thank you, Lord. Just thank you for your punishment. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your person. And then, Lord, I want to say thank you here tonight for your power. Oh, how the wind will just obey you. Oh, God. How the well just obeyed you. Thank you for your power. Even though I felt like I got away, you was on the ship I got on. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you for saving those mariners. Lord, they were crying out to these false gods whenever you hit the ship with the wind and the boisterous sea. And next thing you know, in verse 16, they're calling out to God, I fear God. Thank you for your power. See the different attitude that Jonah has, being right with God? Tonight, some of you are not right with God, and your attitude stinks. But man, when you get right with God, your attitude changes. I mean, your countenance changes. Your thanksgiving changes. You go up to your mom and daddy and say, thank you. You go, up to, you go up to your boss. You go up to your pastor. You go up to anyone and everyone that you feel like that has done something for you, no matter if it hurt you or not tonight. It helped you in all these other ways. You're thankful for the old jalopy you drive. 
You're thankful tonight for the old house that you're in that's breaking down. And you're, you're thankful tonight for the health that you got. It may not be so well, but you're thankful for what you do have. I'm thankful tonight for the old medicine. I'm thankful tonight the old foot that hurts. I'm thankful for the old knee. Now I got that. And the old back and the old, the old hip, amen, and the old shoulder and the elbow. And thank you, Lord, for the, the arthritis in the fingers. The other day I was digging a hole, and I dug a hole for two days. I dug, I dug a trench, rather. For two days I had this shovel, and I was just hitting the shovel, and going like this, going like that. And I got done for two days and next five days. I could, man, I'm telling you, my hands were swelling. They were hurting. I said, dear God, I got leprosy. Call me Naaman. Man, after five days, I, I started to be able to, to move them a little bit. Oh, thank God for his power tonight. And then lastly tonight, I noticed that you would be thanking God for his preservation. God, thank you for preserving me. Man, I was long gone, God. I was down to the bottom of the sea, and I was going to die. And I was going to be gone forever. Nobody could see me again. I'd be down there. I'd be whale bait, shark bait, L bait. I'd be all kind of bait. But, Lord, you come by, and you swallowed me up. Man, Lord, I, you preserved me. Lord, yeah, I didn't deserve to be preserved. I was against your will. I went against your word. I went against your way. I, I was completely in the way of wickedness. I didn't do exactly what you asked me to do. Matter of fact, I did nothing you asked me to do. And you preserved me. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for pulling me out of that situation. Thank you for pulling me out of that condition. And many times when you're in conditions and God comes by and things happen in your life and you got to leave that relationship or you have to leave that job or you got to leave that location or you got to leave that situation, you're saying, but I don't really want to. I don't think I need to. And God, God just gets you out of there. And at the end of the story, you look back and say, man, God moved me from there. He preserved me for other things that could get worse. I could have been a worse drug addict. I could have gotten killed. I could have gotten uh, to a place where, friend, I would have just been strung out. I would have been had no place to go. I'd have nobody to care for me. And God preserved me. Amen. Oh, God. He's thanksgiving here. I, I see in the verse, I, verse 9, I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. We find here, uh, what else did God hear? Well, God heard that, that he was right, and God heard that he was appreciated. And then God heard that he was old. That's what God heard. You know, talking about he heard me, right? Why would God hear Jonah? Well, this is why. He heard him. He heard that he was old. Look in verse 9. The Bible says, and I will pay that, that I have vowed. God said, oh, Jonah said he owes me something. <laughs> That's a little different. He didn't owe me anything out there in the sea. I mean, when I told him to go to Nineveh, he went to Joppa and Tarshish, and, and he, didn't know, he didn't owe me anything. But all of a sudden, his heart changed. All of a sudden, something different about Jonah here. What's going on with Jonah? Now he owes me. He, what does he owe him? He owes him a vow, a promise that he made. Have y'all made God promises tonight? How many times have you told God, I'm going to do better? How many times have you told God, I'm going to stop doing that, and I'm going to start doing this? How many times have you told God, God, I promise you, I won't go there no more. I promise you, I won't do that any longer. I promise you, I won't say that anymore. I promise you, Lord, I'll change. I'll be different, Lord. I will. And you go back on your word. But man, when you get right with God, you look to God and say, God, I owe you. <laughs> I owe you, Lord. What he's saying to God, he said, Lord, if you give me another chance, I'll finish. I'll finish. I owe you, Lord. I'll finish. I'll restore. It means I will amend. I will perform. And I will perfect. That's what it means. I owe. Let me read that again. I will finish. I will restore. I will amend. I will perform. And I will perfect. That's what it means tonight when you say, Lord, I vow a vow and I owe it to you. Jonah's is pretty serious right now about these things with God, don't you think? I see a whole different Jonah right now. I see number four now. What else did God hear? Well, God heard that he was an owner. Well, he's an owner of. Well, he's an owner there in verse 9. Salvation is of the Lord. 
Jonah got out of the business of who he thinks that need to be saved. Jonah got out of the business of who he thinks that don't need to be saved. Amen. He finally come to the place, Lord, you're the owner. You're the owner of salvation. Salvation belongs to you. Lord, you choose who you will deliver. You choose who you might rescue. You choose who you might heal. You choose who you might preserve. And you choose, Lord, whom you might save tonight. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Salvation is the Lord's tonight. And finally, Jonah just did like this. He said, it's yours, Lord. <laughs> Whoever you want to be saved, I'm on your side. Do you see a difference about Jonah? Well, I wonder what happened tonight with Jonah. Well, I'll tell you what happened to Jonah. Tonight, he went through the chastening of the Lord. And the only way that you and I are going to get back with God tonight is when we get chastened by the Lord and we come to a place where God is right. Amen. And we come to another place where God is appreciated. And we come to another place where God is owed and to another place where God is owned. He's the owner. Can I say number two tonight? And I'll probably just preach this second point here tonight. What time I got? Oh, man. We got all kind of time. Number two tonight. Not only Jonah tonight, the victim, but I noticed Jonah, the vomit. That's alarming, Brother Larry, if you would say that. Now, I hope you take this statement I'm about to say. In a right way. But you know where Jonah should have come out? You know. Not the mouth. Right? That's what he deserved. That's what we deserve. But you know God just had him come out the mouth. What he deserved to come out, you know. I'm trying to get your imagination. Can I say tonight, according to the scripture here in this verse 10 of chapter 3, he said, the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah. What was the substance of his vomit? Jonah. Without Jonah being there, he would have no vomit. He's vomit. You say, how in the world does that have anything with it? Well, he, he went... In the belly of the whale as a proud, wayward, rebel. Right? Rebellious. That's where, that's where he went in. You know how he came out? He came out a humble, willing servant. Is that true? I'm not lying. If I'm lying, I'm dying. I'm just saying tonight, he's vomit. But let me say about this vomit tonight, I want you to notice tonight that the, the very wisdom of Jonah as vomit tonight. I want to notice in chapter 3 and verse 1 and 2, uh, the Bible says, notice his wisdom now as vomit. He says, and the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. What changed this time? Well, he, it changed because he knows God's passion now. Right? He become vomit. And when you become vomit, and you will come as humble and as willing and as a servant tonight, you'll find things will change in your life. When you think that you're high and mighty and running from God, you think you're full of pride and arrogancy tonight and full of all tonight that you how dare you look God in the face and say no and look God in the face and say I will not do what you ask me to do. I will not do what you want me to do tonight. Uh, friend, I would say to you, you're going to become vomit. Friend, that's the lowest you can get. And that's the lowest that Jonah got. But when he came out, he came out with some wisdom. It's almost hilarious tonight whenever you read chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, and then verse 3 it says that Jonah arose and went to Nineveh. <laughs> what happened? Well, when you become vomit, you'll get on the road with God. Amen? 
I mean, listen, God, uh, he, 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 the wisdom of Jonah, he knows God's passions now. He knows that God wants to save sinners. He knows that he wants to deliver pagans and he wants to rescue heathens. God didn't come to call the righteous. He come to call those that are not saved. Sinners. Right? And Fred, you you got to go through the belly of the whale, and you got to be vomit in order for you to realize, listen, you know what? God wants souls to be saved. And Jonah got it now. He got it. God make us vomit in order for us to get it. Amen. Now, I'll tell you what, if you go out in the world tomorrow to your family or your friends, and you might have call them or email them or text them or however, Facebook them or whatever, tweet them or however you want to do social media and say, you know what, last night Brother Larry, Brother Larry preached and he said Jonah was vomit. We got to be vomit. I'm thanking God today that I'm vomit. People will say, you're out of your mind. You need to leave that church. <laughs> I mean, I never said to a pastor who tell me I'm vomit. Right? Oh, but tonight, boy, that's the place to be. That's the place to be. Vomit. He knows God's passion. He knows God's punishment. Don't Jonah know that? He knows it's swift. He knows it's steady. He knows it's sure. That's what he knows. He not only does he know his passion, he knows his punishment, but he knows God's power. He knows God's power in his word, that when God said go, that's what you do. He knows God's power in wind. For he's seen the greatest tempest he ever experienced in his entire life. And then he said God's power in the well. Boy, he'd never seen something like that. Nobody in all the Bible tonight has ever been swallowed by a well. But Jonah. He knew God's power. He knew God's punishment, God's passion. He also knew God's preservation. For God reserved him on a ship. God preserved them there. That ship could have broke up, couldn't it? That ship could have come all apart. And that ship could have uh, went all the pieces, and he could have went out of the sea at that point. But God preserved them from the tempest. But then he also preserved them in the sea, and he preserved them in the well. Man, I'm telling you tonight, when you get down to the bottom of the sea, you got to breathe every once in a while. How did he breathe? God. That's how you breathe. How in the world did you breathe in a, in a well? How did that well come up and you go through his intestines and, and going up to oh, his, his uh, digestive system and, and you're getting all crunched and you're getting all, I mean, that didn't happen to Jonah. I mean, I could just imagine that big, that big old fish, that big old whale looking at old Jonah and says, mmm, that's bait. Whoo, look at that. That's, that's, that's going to be a good one right there. Come up and pick him up, put him in. Yeah. But God stopped all the whale's functions. God preserved him in the whale, preserved him in the sea, preserved him in the ship. What a God. Oh, this is what he knows. And because he knew this in the wisdom of Jonah, in verse 3, the Bible says he arose and he went to Nineveh. That's wise, Jonah. That's wise. Number two, I know it's not only the wisdom of Jonah, but the willingness of Jonah. The willing of, of Jonah was this. He said, verse 1, And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, according to the word of the Lord. And he was willing to go where God leads this time. He was willing to go what, and do what God says this time. He is willing now to do what God decides this time. God says to him, I want you to preach. Now, in verse chapter 1, verse 2, he didn't say that. He said, I want you to cry. I know many preachers are babies and criers. Right? People have pastors, they say, oh, he's a big baby. He cries about everything. Oh, but this time he said, listen, Jonah, since you now got some wisdom and you got some willingness, I want you to go down there and preach now. Before, I wanted you to go down and cry because you're a crybaby. Because I told you to go somewhere you didn't want to go, and you go down the ship. <laughs> but now, I want you to preach. Amen. Oh, we find Jonah willing to go down. And, and that word preach there means to proclaim God's message. 
It means to publish God's word. It means to pronounce God's truth. Let me tell you that again, what preaching is. Preaching tonight, you say, why do we got to have preaching? Because preaching tonight proclaims God's message, not teaching, preaching. Preaching tonight also publishes God's word. Preaching tonight also pronounces God's truth. God chose a preacher. God has always chose a preacher. God will choose a preacher in the future. And if anybody's ever going to get saved, it's because of preacher. Amen. Without the preacher. That's what the Bible says in Romans chapter 10. Without a preacher, how can they hear? God can do a lot of things, and God's most powerful of all things. But tonight, God needs a preacher. If the world will go be saved, God needs a preacher to get them saved. Isn't that true? Amen. Thank God tonight for the preachers that we have of this day. I want you to notice number three tonight. Not only tonight in the wisdom of Jonah and the willingness of Jonah, but the work of Jonah. Chapter 3, verse 3 and 4. I want you to notice tonight, he says, So Jonah arose, went unto Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was a seeding great city of three days' journey. And Jonah began to enter into the city of that day's journey. And he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Can I say this work of Jonah was a hard work? It's hard tonight because the flesh fights against you. When you want to obey God's word, you can knock, knock it down. The flesh is against that. When you, want to, when you want to take God's word and say, Lord, I want to listen and I want to obey and I want to do as you asked me to do, you're going to say you're going to have a fight within the flesh. And so it's a hard work. It's a hard work in that the enemies oppose you. Boy, the enemies tonight will come up against you. The enemies tonight will hold you off and try to get you to go a different direction or don't go at all. The enemies tonight will oppose you, but then the lost will reject you. Do you know tonight to do right by God and to do what God would have you to do is hard? The flesh, the, those opponents or those opposers, those enemies tonight, and then those whom you're speaking to and those who you're Part, trying to reach tonight is hard. Number two, or I want you to know it's not even a hard work, but it's a, ho- it's a holy work. Tonight it's, it's for our Holy Father. That's what it's for. Tonight you ought to be here tonight at church because you love Jesus. Not because it's the right thing to do. Tonight you ought to be faithful to God, not because God wants you to be faithful, because you love Jesus. Tonight, you ought, to be, you ought to be the one tonight who said, I will obey you, Lord, and I will do as you please tonight because I love Jesus. It's a holy word. And tonight, you could say, I go to church because I like the church. I go to church because I like the preacher. I go to church because I like the location. I go to church because they're nice. I go to that church because, uh, you know, they seem to have it all together tonight. But you know what? In the future, all those things can change and you will leave. But when you love Jesus, you can't. The motivation of why you're here tonight and the motivation why you'll be here Wednesday night is because you love Jesus. It's a holy work. It's a holy work. It's, it's for the fa- Holy Father. It's for the, tonight, as we would say, uh, the Holy Savior. That's what the work is for. It's for Jesus. Why do we do what we do? For Jesus. Why are we what we are? Because of Jesus. How are we going to get to heaven? Jesus. And when we get to heaven, who are we going to be with? Jesus. And all of the years past of eternity tonight, it will be with Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. The sweetest name I know. Oh, how I love Jesus tonight. It's a holy Jesus, holy Savior. It's a holy spirit tonight. Tonight, it's a holy work because it's of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that come into you and dwelt in you. It's the Holy Spirit that has empowered you. It's the Holy Spirit that has influenced you and impacted you. It's the Holy Spirit that will lead you unto Christ. And it will always exalt Christ and magnify Christ. The Holy Spirit will bring you to the place of a sanctification that you'll become just like Jesus tonight. It's a holy work. Because it's a holy Father, holy Savior, and a holy 
spirit tonight. It's a hard work tonight. It's a, from the Holy Scriptures. The Holy Scriptures tonight is why it's a holy work. Because it's by the Word of God that we obey. It's because of the holy salvation that we receive from Him. When you got saved, you got holy. The Holy Spirit makes you holy tonight. And the salvation tonight makes you in a place of holiness. That's why this chastening tonight, it will be, it's a be partaker of his holiness. And so we find tonight, so clear and so plain, it's an honorable work. Working for the Lord tonight is honorable. Coming to church tonight, honorable. Living for Jesus tomorrow, honorable. When you get up in the morning and you go to work and you feed your family and take care of your home tonight, the Bible says a man who does not, uh, does not take care of his own household tonight is worse than an infidel. A man don't work, don't eat. Every man in this room needs a job. You need to work. That's what we do. That's what God's asked us to do. That goes along with a Christian tonight. We need to work. It's an honorable work tonight. You ought to be thanking God and be honorable that you can come to the house of God tonight. And you ought to be thanking God as we go home in just a moment that we can fall down on our face and pray before we go to bed and we can read His precious Word before we go to bed. And that God has given us our spouses and given us our children and given us our substance and given us our money and given us all that we have tonight, the health that we've got tonight. It's God. It's Him tonight. It's an honorable work. Now, it's an honorable work tonight, but I notice in that mindset tonight, it's going to be a, a serving the Lord is an honorable work. Ministering to sinners is an honorable work. It's not because of results. It's not because of outcome. It's not because of impact. It's just an honor to serve the Lord tonight. It's just an honor tonight to find ourselves in the work of the Lord. What amazing what vomit can do. Huh? He wasn't so hot as a victim, but he's pretty good as a vomit. Can I get my third point in? Y'all not ready for popcorn, are you? We're not having popcorn tonight, are we? No. That's Friday night. If you're a lady, you won't come to a movie night. What time? Six o'clock. They're going to watch a movie. What is it? War room. There's going to be a war going on in Friday night. If you ladies want to, guys, you're not invited. You stay away. But women, if you want to come to the war room on Friday night at 6 o'clock, then you can have some popcorn. They got a, big, they got a popper on the, at there in, in the fellowship hall right now. It's, it's, real, it's real popcorn. It ain't this fake stuff you buy in a bag and throw it in the microwave. Right? Got all kind of chemicals and got all kind of stuff like that, miracle grow in it and all that. And so it helps you grow. Oh, but tonight it's real popcorn. You throw it in there and you pop it, put some heat to it. Bah, 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 bah. I don't know how I got on that. But anyway, uh, tonight... Let me continue on this third point. Notice tonight that Jonah, the victor, the victor. I want you to notice tonight the, restora the restoration of Jonah. The Bible says in chapter 3, verse 1, it says, And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. Aren't we glad tonight that when we mess up, that he don't give up? He, rest he restored. He restored Jonah. Tonight, if you're a Christian, you ought to be shouting your boots off. I mean, tonight, your hands ought to be so tired from raising them up, and your heart ought to be so weary for just reaching and stretching out to God to say, God, how Jonah was such a sorry, low-down piece of trash. He's an armpit of Israel. And he found himself in the sea, and he began to speak to God, and God swooped him up. And as he speaks to us tonight to let us understand what took place, he turned and repented unto God. And now tonight, God said he comes to him the second time. Woo! I mean, as much as we mess up, as much as we just stumble and fall, as much tonight as we just do wrong and disobey and we're rebellious and stubborn, oh God, can you do something with us tonight? And then he gets us right and he gets us straightened up. He says, okay, I'm not going to throw you away. I'm not going to get somebody else. I'm not going to choose anyone else. I'm going to get you because I want to restore you the second time. 
That's my God. Amen. That's my God. So when he, you don't mess up, when you mess up, he just kicks you out. My God. So we find a restoration. See, no Jonah, the victor, because he's been restored. Amen. Number two. Not only know the restoring of Jonah, but also notice the revival of Jonah. You see, many people say that the revival happens in chapter 3, a little further, but you can't have revival because there was nobody saved. Nobody saved in Nineveh. You can't get no revival as someone who's never been saved. But you can get revival as somebody who is saved. I see the revival tonight is of Jonah. And so I, what I see about Jonah tonight, he preached what he knew. Right? So the Bible tells him, he says, go down to Nineveh, and uh, I want you to preach, and I want you to uh, say, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. I, I wonder tonight, uh, is that all he said? Do you think tonight that, that, that he went down to Nineveh? And can you just imagine now, the Bible says it takes three days. And what that meant was, it took three days. Nineveh was so big and so large, it was exceedingly large, exceedingly great. It took three days for Jonah to get around all of Nineveh. And then it took one day to get into Nineveh. That's what it says, right? So, I mean, he wasn't no small feet. We're talking about walls that are up to 50 feet high. You're not going to just go over there and jump it. So Jonah finally got in it. Now, just what he did, he walks into the gates. He says to those people, he said, In 40 days, Nineveh shall be overthrown. And walk off. Does that sound like preaching to you? So what did he do? Well, the Bible don't give us all the details of what he does, but I believe tonight in order for somebody to get saved, they're going to have to hear the gospel. They're going to have to hear the truth. And so let me say this tonight, that when Jonah went into Nineveh, he began to preach what he knows. And if any preacher tonight who's in this room, you'll always preach what you know. Right? You can't preach what you don't know. And you can't preach what somebody else knows. You got to preach what you know. And so this is what Jonah knows. I can see him going into Nineveh. He walks into Nineveh and says, hey, listen, fellas. Let me tell you about this God, that he is going to come in 40 days and overthrow you. That same God, by the word of the Lord one day, he told me, he said, I want you to go to Nineveh, and I want you to cry out against it because thy wickedness has come up to me. He said, let me tell you something, Nineveh. Let me tell you about this God. He said, I said no, and I went down to Joppa, paid a fare thereof, and I got on the Tarshish, and I got put, in, I got put on the ship, and as I was going down the ship, I, I was so secure that I got out of the presence of God. I went down on the bottom and I went to sleep. Next thing I know, here comes the shipmaster. He's a shaking, he's a coming, he's a telling me, man, you need to call your God because we're going to perish. Now, let me tell you what this God did. This God sent a great wind out of nowhere. I mean, it was as calm as it could be. And all of a sudden, man, here comes this wind, this great tempest. It was so bad that people were taking their wares and throwing it off the ship. They were out there. They were calling on their false gods. And, man, they were scared to death. And the ship was breaking apart. I'm telling you about the God who says in 40 days he's going to overthrow you. And i tell you something else he did. After that, he, that shipmaster coming to me, he said, okay, we got to find out who the problem is here. And the lots. They cast lots. And guess who the lot fell on? Me, of all people. And now they know. So I went and told them. I said, yeah, I'm the one that's going from the presence of the Lord. I fear the Lord, and he's the God of heaven who made the sea and the land, and it's me. And so, okay, what are we going to do now? Well, throw me overboard, and then the, key, the sea will be calm. I said, let me tell you something. This God, these boys, these mariners, they got to going and to rowing. They were rowing, trying to get to the bank because they didn't want to throw me over. And they rolled and they rolled, they rolled, they rolled. They couldn't get to the bank. You know why? Because the God who's going to come and destroy you in 40 days didn't let them. And then finally they come back to me and said, listen, you got to go, man. He said, chunk me over. And they cast me over into the sea. Now listen, then, as soon as I hit the sea, it was calm. Now, this God, I'm telling you, in 40 days, he'll come and overthrow your city. He said, then when I got into the sea, 
Man, I'm telling you, I was beat up from one side to the other. That, that floods came in. Those, those billows on those waves were kicking me all over the place. I was upside down. I was kicked onto the mountains down on the bottom. Seaweed got a hold of my neck, and I, I was going to die. I mean, I was there. I knew forever now. And we'll tell you what happened. God prepared a great fish. And he come about the time I was about to die. He come and swallowed me. I'm talking about the God that's going to come and destroy you in 40 days. They said, wow, what a God. He said, let me tell you now what I know. Let me tell you what I believe. Chapter 4, verse 2. I believe that the God who's going to come destroy you is a gracious God. And I believe not only is he a gracious God, but he's a God of mercy. And I'll tell you something else about this God. He will, he's slow to anger. I'm going to tell you something else about him. That tonight, he will repent. Now, this God who says you got 40 days to get your life right, get your heart right, to put your faith in this God, are you going to be destroyed? And then he preached what he was told. In 40 days, you shall be destroyed. What's that next verse says? And Nineveh, the people of Nineveh, what they do? Believed God. Jonah, the victor. Jonah, the victor. Oh, can I say tonight? They were lost. Nineveh was. The Bible says in chapter 1, verse 2, that wickedness came up before me. God saw it, God hated it, and God judged it. You're going to die in 40 days. They were large. The Bible says in chapter 1, verse 2, it was a great city. Chapter 3, verse 2, the Bible says that it was a great city. We find in chapter 3, verse 3, it was a exceeding great city. We find in chapter 3, verse 3, there's three days to go around it. In chapter 3, verse 4, it was one day to go in it. There were many sinners, there were many lost. And guess what? Chapter four, chapter 3, verse 4, they were losing. They were losing. It was 40 days of grace that God gave, 40 days of mercy, 40 days of love. Uh, with clarity, with certainty, and with calamity, they could expect this from God. They were going to be overthrown. That word overthrown means they were going to be changed. Their city will be changed. Their city will be transformed, and their city will be retired. That's what God said. Let me give you this third point point. we'll close. The results of Jonah. So the people of Nineveh believed God. The greatest soul-winning campaign in all of history. In verse 5, you may not believe this, but I believe this. So the people of Nineveh believed God. How many people believed God? All people believed God says the people of Nineveh. It didn't leave one out. The greatest campaign ever. Not only that the people believed, but the Bible said in verse 6, the king believed. Verse, chapter 3, verse 7, it says that the king made a decree by the king and his nobles believed. Turn to Matthew chapter 12 with me quickly. What did Jesus say that this was, and we'll close with this thought tonight. Matthew chapter 12, and we'll finish it next week. The Bible says in chapter 12 of Matthew, look in verse 41. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. And look what Jesus said. Jesus said, because they repented at the preaching of Jonas. So what we see back in Jonah, chapter 3, in verses 7, 8, 9, is what Jesus calls repent. That's what he called it, repent. We find the, the Jonah being the victor because the victory of Jonas' preaching, Jesus said, the preaching of Jonas. How did they repent? The preaching of Jonas. The victor, the victor. Tonight, Jesus said that they believed God 
and they turned from their wicked ways. And they were saved. And God called that repentance. Jesus did. Victory tonight. Jonah's victory. The victor tonight. I wonder tonight, can we live out, leave out of here tonight as vomit, as victor, or as victim? That's how you're going to leave. You're going to leave out of one of those three if you're a Christian. A victim, a victor, or a vomit. You choose. As we stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. You choose tonight. I'm so glad that God has mercy. That when we do go bad, wrong with God, it's going to be a rough time for us. Oh, but God will forgive if we'll turn to the temple. We'll turn to him. Oh, dear Christian friend, my heart breaks for many people. They say they're Christian, but they never have victory. They say they're Christian tonight, but they never see joy. I never see hope. And maybe tonight, you might be running from God. And you're out of his presence. Would you come make that tonight right? Let's get with God tonight. You sing, Brother George. Let's just get with God. Come on. Aren't you tired? Aren't you sick and tired of it tonight? Just never gets better. It just never gets, you can't ever get over the hump. You, you stay in the rat race. You stay right there where you never have anything. Just never ever can see victory. Oh, come. Oh, come, dear friend. Come, dear child of God. And let's turn and let's look to God. And let's get God restoring us. God doing work with our hearts tonight. How about it? Anybody? Anybody? Oh, God, I need you tonight. I need you to know how to raise my children, how to be a spouse, how to be a church member, how to be a worker, how to be a Christian. Just need you tonight. I find myself always falling and stumbling. It seems like sin just constantly is upon my life. Oh, the great burden. Won't you come tonight? Let's cast it on the altar. Let Jesus pick it up. Be like a Jonah. Yes, amen. Thank you, Brother George. Let's be dismissed tonight in a word of prayer. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you so much for being faithful to the house of God. I continue to pray for our church tonight that they'll be faithful and as I put that in the bulletin as a burden in my heart that God's people will come to God's church and so I pray that tonight your soul was fed I pray tonight God will spoke to our hearts if there's anything in my whole entire life that I'd want out of you people is that you would be Jonah in the way of victor that God would use you for the greatest preaching that souls might be saved ever in the history of this world. I desire that for you. Brother Robert, our brother, would you dismiss us with the word of tonight? Thanks to God.
for my Redeemer. Thanks for all Thou dost provide. Thanks for times now but a memory. Thanks for Jesus by my side. Thanks for pleasant balmy springtime. Thanks for dark and dreary fall. Thanks for tears by now forgotten. Thanks for peace within my soul. Thanks for prayers that Thou hast answered. Thanks for what Thou dost deny. Thanks for storms that I have weathered. Thanks for all Thou dost supply. Thanks for pain and thanks for pleasure. Thanks for comfort in Thanks for joy and thanks for sorrow. Thanks for help. 